0: Jackie Simmons, I'm the host of the show and I am really excited that you're here and I am delighted to be about to introduce you to someone who shifted my perspective on how I fit in to the world. And so while we'll get there and we'll be talking about how that came about, we're also going to be talking about you, your gifts your talents how to get to accept and expand what you already have and to help us do that is my friend patty Cromer. so patty would you please join me in the studio there you are hello Hi. here i am how are you fine i've just been dancing with
1: you like what a great <laughs> way to start my hour feeling all vibed and ready
0: Well, there we go. Glad that that music served you today. did. (laughs) On the journey to accepting and expanding our gifts and talents, Patty, take us into your journey. I mean, you know, who you are now and how you figured these things out.
1: All right. So I would say that uh, figuring things out is certainly lifelong progression. So I'm qualified figuring it out and having figured some things out with gratitude and, um, and happiness that I have. And yes, I'm still going. So if I talk about um, accepting my gifts and talents and working into them, it's not the easiest thing to figure out who you really are. And if you don't experiment and you don't try things and you don't get out there and do, you won't get there wherever there is.
0: Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. I'm, I'm going I'm going to pause. OK. I know that you are really an expert on me and you just told me that if I don't figure these things out, um, I and so I'm going, wait a minute, wait, wait. I don't care that you're an expert on me first. I want to know how you became an expert on you. I want to know what that journey is. I want to know about you, Patty, and you you play behind the scenes. For a lot of other people, it's your hour, darling. You can't play behind the scenes with me.
1: Okay, so I I will do what you asked. And at the same time, I will say that sometimes um, we show up as we really are. And so I'm doing that at the same time. But I will use some eye language and... um, yeah so my background is mm, really experimenting trying life trying new things uh, having a lot of
0: different iterations of myself um what is trying life i love that expression what does that mean what did that look like for you uh, so
1: trying life can be sometimes saying yes when you really want to say no having adventures that are really uncomfortable uh, doing things that other people predict you won't do. So when Ooh. I was in, um, oh, I went to my five-year reunion from high school and I had already moved around and left Pennsylvania and somebody came to me and said, I thought you in the first five years would have met your college sweetheart and gotten married already. And I was like, wow, something has been predicted about me according to how I behaved in the past but something about me they didn't know or something about myself, um, I, I grew, grew into. So I guess that's what I really mean. Trying life is saying yes to something. And that's what I did. You know, I went to college. I moved to a new city. Uh, I got myself uncomfortable. And I decided to see what life would look like. Cool.
0: Thank you. Because that explains a lot. I, I, the idea that it's safe to experiment with life is not a concept that I was raised with. So this tendency that you have might not be so common, or at least maybe. So I got a question. When do you, what's the earliest you remember exploring life? Exploring? Oh,
1: all right, so, um... I would say from the time I was a little girl, like five years old, and I couldn't even write really yet, I was uh, asking my mom if I could have pen pals. Um, I knew about this pen pal society. I wanted to, I wanted to communicate with people who lived in other places. I wanted to get to know people elsewhere. And uh, my mom helped me write uh, write some of those letters in the beginning. And I was paired up with kids who were a little bit older. And um, and that was part of my journey of exploration of saying, yes, I want to see who's out there, what they're like and uh,
0: and get to know them. Cool. That is certainly outside of most people's awareness at that age, Patty, or even if we are aware, we don't always have the support. Your mom gave you unconditional support to explore that before you were able to do it for yourself. What a great gift and a great story. I love that. Do you still have pen pass? Well, you know, it's such an old concept
1: because now a five-year-old or a seven-year-old can go online and they can go into their first grade classroom and a classroom may be paired up with the classroom in Uzbekistan or something. And it, it has become, I think, very normal and very easy for, you know, young people to get curious about the world and easily reach out with a little help. But I'm a little older than that and pen pals are really the thing because there wasn't um, you know, any online alternative that made life a little bit easier to, to go out and about. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing that ever since. Um, I don't currently communicate with people who I met when I was young, but I do have um, you know, friends and contacts that I may have made over the years through just saying yes to opportunities. And, um, and if I think about my business name, The Mosaic Effect, I think that's something that um, is a part of me that you ca- I can't take away from me because it's who I am. So you know whether I'm having an exchange student in my house or I'm you know saying yes to somebody's brother who needs to visit Washington D.C. Could they stay with me for a month? Or just saying yes to opportunities to bring people into my world is something I've done, and that's a tiny little piece of who I am. And Nobody needs to be like that at all. It's just the beauty of each of us getting to be who we are and following that serendipitous discovery.
0: Oh, that's a lovely way to express it. How did the Mosaic Effect come about? Because we'll we'll get into how it applies to accepting and expanding gifts, but I'm really curious about it. Um, thanks for
1: asking that, Jackie. So uh, I'm a person who... Oh, all right. So it doesn't matter that I'm a Gemini, but it does It does implicate me for a few things, which is, I'm, you're a Gemini too? <laughs> Welcome to the crowd, honey. Yeah, so so because I like a lot of things in my life, um, I'm not an expert at many things, but I'm a generalist at a lot of things. So my poking around and my considering what I might do with my life after I became a life coach and tried on a variety of other careers... Uh, was not the easiest thing because uh, I don't want to cut anything out to add something else in. That's just not not the way I like to be. Uh, but of course, in, in order to be good at something, you can't do everything a little bit. So the mosaic effect came up when I was thinking about how do I embody who I am and the message that I want to bring to the world and also create an image that helps somebody to step into something. And so that's how it was born, really, as uh, having a person see who they are and uh, love all the different pieces. And in a mosaic, if you take an image, you know, a mosaic is a beautiful thing, but it isn't an even, perfectly curated, uh, crafted thing often. You know, the glass may be broken pieces, the colors may be kind of funny. You know, it may make an incredible stained glass window It may make something really funky looking with lots of different uh, lumps and, you know, big, um, big pieces that don't necessarily look great alone. But as a whole, they look amazing. So I just thought it made sense for me and who I am to help other people to see themselves in that kind of a way. So hence it was born.
0: That's really cool. I love that. Um, I'm perplexed and I'm going why is this like flashing in and out of my brain going, I know what a mosaic is. It's, it's a picture that's not like painted. It's made out of little things of different colors and like a puzzle putting t- together so that a picture emerges. Seeing how I fit into the puzzle was really beneficial to me. And of course I came into the mosaic effect, not through you, but but through um, where your content is out online and it's free and available to people and we'll give them access to it. But the first thing that changed for me was understanding that I am a unique piece in the picture. I'm not the whole picture. I am just a unique piece in the picture surrounded by a whole bunch of other unique pieces
1: yes and so this this metaphor for the mosaic could be that i have my own mosaic collection of pieces and you have yours and katie has hers and elaine who just spoke before and tom and all the others who might be listening we all have our own picture but because I'm a very inclusive individual, I told you my story about, you know, loving people all over the world and wanting to meet them. If we think of the grandest mosaic in the grandest way, the mosaic doesn't need to end because here I'm connected to you. So where my piece, my latest piece stops, there's a connection with yours. And your mosaic continues and you bring all these people who are passionate about your message in the teen suicide society and they have their own connections with others so on and on and on. Yes, I know I'm so idealistic, but I really do see that in my heart as something that is the mosaic of life, the mosaic of humanity, um, and not just our own individual beautifully crafted uh, image.
0: So say more about the mosaic of life. I'm I'm like hearing a song in the background (laughs) of my head. I mean, it's like, this has got so much good juiciness to it.
1: Um, Okay. So the mosaic of life, as I see it, um, it's, it's that life is sometimes big and amazing and wonderful. Uh, Sometimes it's really terrible and messy and uh, convoluted and, This is the life that we all live today in one spot in time in this long, you know, heroic journey of humanity. We are here now on this planet together, and I take that as a a wonderful and um, serious opportunity at the same time, because the mosaic of humanity doesn't stop. But we right now are part of creating the, the next piece of history for somebody else will follow they are our children and and you know people who are of different ages it continues
0: that's really really cool that's not i didn't get all of that prior to this so i'm really glad that you were willing to let me ask you my questions about that because i know you have a lot of really good juicy things i just wanted some more context for me so guys that was totally selfish on my part all
1: right so i'm glad you asked jackie because You know, it's not I gave up my name for a while because I felt like I was always explaining it and it wasn't and I wasn't able to move forward as easily as I should if my name was just a straight, narrow, common thing. And then I came back to it because it just belonged to me. So um, so I'm glad you asked. It might help a few other people understand why I picked that name.
0: The the effect of seeing myself as part of the mosaic and understanding what you just explained, that it is like a never-ending story. It's not a static picture. It's an evolving, globally inclusive image of who we are. Uh You know, both as individuals and part of the picture. We can't be just one.
1: No, and we aren't. And um, nobody's perfect, the world isn't perfect. Uh, and if you look at a mosaic, you, you know, the, um, the thing that makes the mosaic a beautiful picture is the space between the pieces. So if we also think about that as part of the flow, you know, whether it's white space or whatever that grout is, whatever that thing is that makes each piece stand out, uh, in my opinion, is also part of, of the image and part of the story because we are in flow and the flow of the spaces is also what enhances the picture. Same as like the gap between the notes that makes the song, you know, that same um, concept is, is true in my picture.
0: Really, really cool. There's an energy now around the mosaic that wasn't there for me until you just said that. Because I think of a mosaic as a static picture until we put it into the context of being an evolving picture. And even then, in when you added the energy of what's between the pieces, mm-hmm. because you're right, it's not just who I am, who you are; it's the interaction between us. It's the relationship between us and every other piece in the puzzle, every other piece of the mosaic that makes the picture.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's static, and it's alive, and it's colorful, as you are, and I am, and everybody else. So thank you for letting me be in my idealistic space. Um, I love seeing how I can explain it and also how it can be created in more aliveness in the minds and hearts of each one of us.
0: You know, um, when you said something about you had given up your name, and then came back to it, I didn't know that part of your story. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I did exactly the same thing. Ali, mm. I gave mine up not because I was tired of explaining it, but because someone who I trusted their judgment told me it was confusing and that it wasn't a good brand. Mm. And so, I just reclaimed it recently. As a matter of fact, okay. matter of fact, um, within the last two weeks, and that's part of our journey. Is, is to be able to unveil that. So um, I just, I love this because I'm gonna be able to tell that story a little easier now that you have shared yours.
1: Oh, I'm so glad, see? Connections are just everything. You, you, know, you never know what the other person brings into your life. Um, so that's great. I can't wait to hear all the rest of your story.
0: <laughs> First, we're gonna take everybody into what is so um, challenging about accepting our gifts and how we can accept and expand them. Because that's what we said we were going to talk about. I don't want to disappoint anybody.
1: Mm, You bet. All right. So um, if you think about it, or I think about it, um, the chance that we're even here, each of us individually, that we even got born, got to this point, is an absolute miracle. If it's like, if you take an easy number rather than ten to the something, something power, You know, it could be around one in 400 trillion chances that you became real in life on this side. And when I heard that the first time, it somehow had an impact on me, maybe because it was a number, maybe because it captured my imagination. I'm not sure what. But if we own that each of us individually at the first point that I am here. And yeah, I've heard that phrase before. Hey, I'm not an accident. I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm here and, you know, God don't make no junk and all of that. Those are all wonderful phrases. But the fact that I am born, that you are born, and that you, as a result of that, and the many combinations of DNA beyond the millions and trillions that make you unique are true, and you settle into that, then you start to own what you have. And not worry about what you don't have. Because with every combination,
0: nobody has everything. Thank goodness. There we go. I won't argue with that. Nobody has everything. Um, owning what we have instead of worrying about what we don't have. This is the trap that is so easy to fall into where we have this global experience of each other. Then, and I call it the comparison trap. We compare our insides to other people's outsides. And anytime I compare myself to something, I always come up on the short end of the stick. It's funny how that happens. (laughs) You know, I mean, so. Accepting that while we may not be here by accident, the fact that we exist at all is a miracle, given the odds. um, That's really, really cool. How did that help it be easier for you to accept your gifts?
1: Um, I grew up in a really great household with really supportive and wonderful parents. And at the same time, there was an expectation for me to always do more, always do better, uh, always to live on the edge of my, my greatness. And, um, what it did for me was not make me feel like I had the opportunity for greatness, but it reminded me more often that I wasn't good enough. And, uh, so it had the opposite of effect. And I think that that would not be an uncommon story for a lot of people, uh, on this, uh, summit and other places that I wasn't good enough. So I kept trying harder and harder, but I didn't then in that moment, always focus on my gifts and talents because I was thinking of the something more that I could or should be instead of what I was. Uh, So that's part of it.
0: Got it. So what was the point that it changed for you when you started to accept that who you were, what your gifts were, was enough that you were perfect for your part in the picture of the mosaic?
1: I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning, which was to live life, to experiment with life and see what could evolve. As I started doing things that, you know, I was independently doing uh, and creating, I started to get more in touch with myself. And it was easier for me to, you know, say no to certain paradigms that I had lived with in in the well-meaning parents that I had. And move beyond the trappings of what in their own hearts they wanted for me and into the possibilities of what I wanted for me. And like I said, that's an evolution. You know, I've had some tough lessons and I've been knocked back and I've challenged myself to say, okay, am I really enough? Do I really have what it takes? Am I really living my mosaic effect? And then other times saying, yes, and and I'm still not perfect. And I still don't have my perfect direction. And I still don't know my dog on purpose. If somebody said, you have one reason why you're here in life. Oh what my is God. Like, give me a break. I'm not thinking of that. I'm a multi-passionate person. I'm a Gemini. I love my life and I'm good
0: with it. I'm good with where I'm headed. Okay. I, I just, I love that. I love that so much because this whole conversation about living your life on purpose and how important it is and all of that. I'm with you, sister. And sometimes what happened to me happens to other people. I know some people who go and hunt and find their purpose. I had no desire to go do that. Not Maybe it's a Gemini thing. (laughs) Maybe. And then a purpose. I don't know if it's my purpose, but it was certainly a motivating factor for me is now the mission to make teen suicide a thing of the past. I did not go looking for it. I just want to be clear. I don't think based on my experience, anybody should go looking for their passion. It is not a comfortable place to be.
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: Agreed. Your purpose will require you to leave your comfort zone. Don't do it. Might find you anyway.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> always elude you then, because you're not sure. Like you picked Teen Suicide Society because maybe it picked you, and all things in life, you know, just colluded for you to yeah. be. But that may not be the story for somebody else, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't mean that the Teen Suicide Society is going to go away. And you may find something else that you also want to do. This morphs into something else that's a larger passion or mission. Do you want to say no to it? Because it's like, oops, I already found it. I got to stop.
0: No, my fact, it was really, it's a Gemini thing, right? You know, my, my whole vision is that there will be enough cash flowing through the Teen Suicide Prevention Society to hire someone else to direct it. (laughs) I mean, that's my that's my vision is that I'm not going to be the director except for a very short period of time. That's why I use the title acting director, Mm. because I don't want to own that. This is mine to get started. I love that. Yeah. Mm. And I I had to get really clear. This has been a really challenging couple of years for me. Uh, But as you know, I mean, you well, you don't you met me what, eight months ago? It's only been seven months ago, Pat. I know, really. Yeah. So the the power of this journey, to see myself as being perfectly imperfect, to be at the moment where I am in the picture is is the acting director of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. It's not a permanent place, just like the mosaic isn't permanent.
1: Absolutely. Yes, totally, totally aligned. And the, the, the legacy or a piece of you that was meant to be placed into your mosaic is happening right now. Whether somebody else takes that over and continues that story or not, it's still part of your life story and, mm-hmm. and part of your potential purpose because it became a passionate element of your life for many reasons. And uh, we can't predict that path, which is why I also, you know, in the mosaic effect, like to have this conversation right now about purpose because I think it really bugs people down like well what is it and and uh, as a life coach I I worked hard to figure that out and then I said no I'm free of that I'm free of that I I might have multi-purposes maybe I'm already living my purpose I think I am in some ways and I don't I personally, not saying it's wrong for everyone, but I personally don't need to nail that one thing. Otherwise, my life is useless.
0: Oh, there we go. That judgment that if if I don't do this, then what was the point in living? Yes. That kind of uh, belief system, I so want to bust. Mm. It is part of that negative echo chamber that can be so infectious because we can't, we often, don't share those thoughts with other people so they don't get a chance to dissipate and they can get trapped.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And in thinking about um, your mission with the Teen Suicide Society and the message that I have with the Mosaic Effect, um, I think there is just mm, a a great combo there of, of serving, you know, in that preventive way, because when somebody sees that they have these evolving pieces, and somebody sees that they don't know which end is up, and that's okay. They're still creating their mosaic wherever they are, whether they're, you know, 15 years old and life is really confusing to them or anything else along the, the path of
0: life. Um, yeah, you don't have to be just 15 for life to be confusing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're five, we're 50. Yes, I get it. Totally agree.
0: <laughs> so accepting that we are where we are in the mosaic and that it's perfect where we are and to accept ourselves because we are the random one in four trillion billion huge number. number
1: All right.
0: So once we accept our gifts, I mean, I'm you know, this a gift for you, which is being able to explore everything is may not be a gift for someone who sees themselves as struggling with ADD or with distractibility. But I'm a lot like you, a lot of different things for other people. That would be a real problem. Absolutely. And that's wonderful. If everyone yeah. was as all over the place as I am,
1: we would miss the, the straight and narrow of somebody else. And, and that's what I really have come over the past number of years to love and appreciate um, about people is whoever that person is, however they show up, is something to be you know, admired and embraced. And I tell myself that sometimes because there's difficult people in my life. And yet when I check myself in and I ask myself about what I'm doing and the mosaic effect and why that person is the way they are, it gives me that it gives me that chance to say yes to them. Uh, and otherwise I I might be a little harsher. Not that I'm never harsh. I'm harsh. <laughs> my sister and stuff I can be pretty harsh. But at the same time, Uh, that idea that goes to the beginning of we're all here for what and why, um, why we're all different helps me to give everyone more loving latitude.
0: Cool. All right. So finding ourselves in the mosaic, accepting our gifts as being just ours. They're not anybody else's. They're just ours. How do we then expand them? How do we make more of them?
1: Oh, uh, well, OK, I'm going to go back to that word I've used already, which is uh, experiment. You know, when I was um, in junior high, I, um, I had a, a pivotal moment in my life, which was all my friends were in the choir and I tried out for the choir and I thought I liked to sing. I thought I would probably make the choir. And the, um, the choir director told me that I had the worst voice he had ever heard. And even though he wanted me to be with my friends, he couldn't say yes. And of course that was a pivotal moment because it was so rough and so abrupt. And so um, a a point in time stopped moment, I better not sing because it's that bad. Uh, Yet at the same time, I don't need to have the talent of being an incredible singer. My my son's a great singer, funny enough. Um, But I still have uh, a gift around creativity, for example in the whole package of gifts and talents, I may not have that most perfect voice. But I have artistic ability. It's expressed somewhere else. So that has helped me to see, well, all right, doesn't mean I'm a terrible singer. It means I can still sing whenever I want, however I want. I may not make a career of it, and that's okay too. Um, So when we're looking for our gifts and talents, you know, there could be Thousands and thousands of amazing singers. But when each singer combines the other things that they have going along with their singing ability, their personality, their tone of voice, their um, history and how they put passion into their voice, no singer sings the same way either. So that's where it starts to get really interestingly defined that, um, yeah, yeah, I'm a singer, but I'm not as good as the next person or I'm a singer, but I don't sing like they do or I'm a singer and I really only sing, um, you know, alone. That's okay too. I still sing and my gift and talent may be a little bit edgy in another area.
0: So it's point of acceptance. I'm laughing because two of the most successful, as far as longevity singers had the worst voices. I'm thinking Leonard Cohen, Carol King, Yeah, I mean, they're they're just, it's not true that your voice has to be good to have a career in music (laughs) uh, and a very successful one. But what the other thing that made me laugh is all of a sudden I got an image of releasing things, taking them away is the only thing that will allow the space for what I am good at, what are my gifts to expand.
1: Oh, oh, I love that, Jackie. That is so, so on point. So absolutely right. And because we aren't and can't be good at everything because that's somebody else's thing potentially, then we do have that energy and that space to, to focus on and really enjoy what we are good at.
0: There's another little piece here that I want to bring up because I hear about it a lot. And it's this idea of somebody who is really, really, really gifted and talented, let's say, at organizing other people's closets, but their own home is a mess. Mm. And so can you speak a little bit to that, how sometimes we can be really gifted at doing things for other people that don't show up (laughs) in our own lives that way? That's a really interesting question. And
1: yeah, that comes up all the time, you know the cobbler's shoes, the organizing closets. And I I guess I could say a few things about that. One, um, we may have that gift and talent, but when we have to put it into our own lives, we have all the other baggage that comes up. Um, I, always, I lived in a house of messy closets. My house was always disorganized. So I fall into my habits. I fall into my subconscious beliefs that hold me back in my own private real world uh, of doing something. But I can be motivated and inspired because ultimately I'm a, a great organizer. So it's great to organize somebody else's stuff. There are also no stories. You know, my, my father passed away recently and I have taken in a lot of my family's possessions into my home. So if we're talking organizing and messy, I would like my home to be organized. But what happens on the other side of my story is sentimentality, love, devotion, the preciousness of these things, which means my house may be disorganized because I have an emotional connection to them. On somebody else's, it doesn't exist
0: an interesting take on that this we might be coming up with the cure for imposter syndrome here i mean (laughs) yeah because that's what it looks like it's um i just got an image and i don't know and you see tell me if you make sense okay i got an image of a man walking down the street and he needs a haircut and there are two barber shops and he looks in the window of one and the guy is really a hot mess yeah, you know, I mean, his own hair is all over the place and, and it is, he, he, he's not well-kempt. And then he goes to the other barbershop, looks in the window, and the guy is just styled. I mean, he is absolutely the epitome of what this man wants. And he turns on his heel immediately and goes back to the first barber. <laughs> because what he recognized was that the other barber didn't cut his own hair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It had to have been cut by the barber who was messy. Oh, wow. So interesting. So that just came to my mind as we were talking and I'm like, wow, what if it really does show up this way that our value is shown up in how we help other people, not in what we have in our own stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. That's such a great point, Jackie. I've never even said it myself quite that way. And, uh, and it really does speak to what I happen to share in my story. Uh, and I think it's right on with lots of different, um, different ways that we express ourselves and how we get stuck. Uh, mm-hmm. While we can still live out something better elsewhere, um, we can get stuck in our own stuff because the whole person shows up in that place.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. The one thing I realized about doing projects at my mama's house, I was there with my, my one of my sisters and, and her husband and I was talking with my brother-in-law and he was like grumbling going, how come I get so much done when I come to visit your mom and I don't get these things done at my own house? And I said, yeah, um, I, I think it's because when we when I leave mamas, the job is done mm. when I'm at home. I'm never done.
1: Mm. yeah. That's a really good point, too, because um, it, it's that emotional channel that runs through the mosaic effect or runs through our lives. And that emotional channel is a very loud uh, and busy channel. And our feelings like the, the last um, speaker, Elaine, who was talking about our affirmations and the affirmations that come to life when we put our feelings into them. Uh, that's really true, too, when we live our lives, you know, our feelings and our emotions, our relationships and the energy, and sometimes even the baggage of them are what makes life zing, sometimes with the goodness, sometimes with the problems. And, uh, and it is that edge where life is the most well-lived, um, is not in that detached and unemotional way, but in that full-on feeling uh,
0: space. Oh, that's gorgeous. I really like that.
1: That That's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I really like that. I never understood adrenaline junkies, you know, people who live on the edge. Because I thought that living on the edge had to do with motorcycles and putting my life in danger, my dad jumping out of airplanes. Yeah. What you just said makes it a little clearer to me. That living on the edge is when you're allowing the emotional river to be moving and not trying to hold it still. Mm. So less like jumping out of airplanes and more like just being willing to ride the river.
1: Yes. And the river is, I I mean, if I look at my mosaic effect versus yours, I have different pieces and I have different places (laughs) where they connect. So I, I may find risks that aren't your risks. Like I was laughing at myself one day, I did a really cool trek in Nepal and, uh, it was as risky as I was willing to go. I wasn't climbing Everest or anything. I was doing East of Everest where you follow these beautiful tracks through these villages and you get to meet people and you have one high sort of climb, but it was still a risk for me because it was a new and unknown place. And it was a very safe risk. I'm not going to be the person who's climbing Everest, but somebody else is. And so whatever risk is for me or you, it doesn't mean that it isn't a risk. It doesn't mean that it isn't an edge. It's an edge for you. An emotional edge may be having a really difficult conversation with somebody and healing a relationship since you just mentioned that it, it can be any number of things. And, um, And life can still just take on that whole new, that new flavor and excitement. And to somebody else, it may be, huh, that's nice. But to you, it it was like a big deal. And isn't that wonderful?
0: Isn't it wonderful? (sighs) This whole conversation speaks to something that is so significant to me, Patty, because the tendency that we have to project our place in the mosaic onto someone else. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think that understanding better, having a better understanding of where the energy flows and how the energy can actually, the emotional energy can flow around me if I'm willing to hold my place and not try to be in everybody else's place. Mm -hmm. That would give me more energy right there.
1: Yes. And, and I really like that point about energy because we, we let ourselves deplete our energy um, from thinking about the things that we don't do, haven't done, aren't good at, or anything like that. And when that energy is depleted, I then, or you, are not as good at bringing out who I am, who I am meant to be, even in any given day. Um, I can't live a little tiny baby gift like I love to cook. So, you know, making a really good meal for somebody if I have let somebody else run over the top of me all day and by the time mealtime comes, something I really wanted to do that would bring me joy, I'm too tired for that. So uh, holding on to some of that emotional energy and using it where you or I really want it to go is, I think, in a way, a key to living our mosaic effect um because we have we have within us that well uh that's left and available for us for what we really want and what brings us joy and then becomes sort of um self uh not improving uh it makes more of you know like um i was told by um i got a secret about you is the more of these uh you do the more energized you get. So you're pretty energetic at four o'clock. You may be more energetic even now at nine because this feeds you. That's who you are. I wouldn't be, but you are. And uh, it's great when we can play into those things and own the energy that we have and put it, place it, use it in the right place that gives us that moreness of whatever we're looking for. It could be even the moreness of solitude so that we can regroup and then do something else.
0: You're right about that. And it is about understanding where we recharge, regroup, and have the energy to go on to something else. And I'm starting to understand that as you, I mean, for all the, the mosaic effect is the title of the work you do and that you're bringing into the world. It's not a thing. It's an experience that we each have, yes. that it's not... Um, and, and so I was like, wait a minute, what did she just say? And then I got it. My personal mosaic effect is the impact I have on life and the impact I allow life to have on me. It's that dynamic energy exchange.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. A- and it's very personal. Whereas I thought it was something that, you know, your program But but it's not. It's an it's it's an observable phenomenon in the world that when we understand it expands our gifts. And when we don't understand it, it depletes us.
1: Mm -hmm. And if we can rein in things like you said early about what steals things from us, like um, comparisonitis, Mm -hmm. or judgment or um, stories from the past that derail us that we don't move from. Uh, If we don't shake all of any of that off, then um, things are sort of living, simmering beneath the surface. And when, like you just said about your mosaic effect, when it's this personal experience that you allow to bubble up through you, and a new experience comes in, and something else helps you to erupt in some other way. That's just when um, the world improves as well as each person who lives it, which is back to that original point is if we are here and we were given this gift of life, then we really do want to enjoy it. And it isn't a burden to figure out what our gifts and talents are. It's a matter of bubbling up and discovering them. And um, sometimes it can be a little inactive because it's a process of, of mental review and quiet. And other times it's actively exploring and connecting with other people and um, exposing yourself to a little risk and a little fear and uh, the opportunity to change something because you know what you want is on the other side. And, uh, And that can be really fun, even if it's a little scary.
0: The opportunity to change something. That's sort of what our gifts are for, isn't it? that our gifts are for changing things, change you know either helping people change or changing the world. That's what our gifts are for. Mm. And it's a little scary from my perspective. From my perspective, you're right. I do get more energized doing this. This being interviewing people, hosting a show, all of the things that go on in the background and in the foreground and upside downside, I do. And yet I avoided Being a speaker, I avoided giving a webinar um, for years. And it confused people a great deal. It's only been since I'm willing to not try to be everything to everybody and to focus on the things that I am good at, you know, where my gifts are. So this is a message I hope everyone takes to heart That you get this effect and I put a link in the chat because Patty you've created an amazing gift for people to be able to experience this, and so they your website is there the link is there, and for everyone to experience the mosaic effect would be something that I hope they will do. Because it has certainly shifted my world, even though I didn't know what I didn't know that that's what I was doing because I hadn't met you yet. But I can see that it is what you're helping people understand in the world.
1: Yeah, and I and I love to do it, and I am honored to be in your mosaic effect space today because uh, we so much learn from each other, and uh, it happens all the time. Um, there's a there's an expert in the in the space of personal development. And she says, you know, the world needs what only you have. And um, that, that just says it all. It's not my phrase, but I repeat it a lot. The world needs what only you have. And um, that just couldn't be more true.
0: I appreciate the fact that you were willing to come and share what you have with our world.
1: Mm, thank you for asking me. Thank you for this experience to help me in some ways get some new ideas for um, ways that I can talk about the mosaic effect, because you, even in some ways, by digging, digging, helped me clarify a few of those points. You, you're an amazing interviewer. You ask incredible questions, and you listen so deeply. Um, I'm, really, I'm really appreciative of this time with you.
0: Oh, Patty, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I come with a disclaimer. Hang on. The ride gets more interesting from here. (laughs) I better stay on because it's been interesting so far. Oh, cool. Well, I'm really happy, Patty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you you so much. It was awesome.